This is Salt City Hoops on ESPN 700. Your best insight into Utah Jazz basketball and the NBA in Utah. For the next two hours, it's nothing but NBA conversation from the local front to around the association. Now let's get things rolling with Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Into the Salt City Hoops show on ESPN 700. Uh, my name is Andy Larson. I'm here with Zach Harper on the show today. We can't hear ourselves, but we're going to figure that out at some point. It's a cold open. Presumably, we're going to be able to talk and not be able to hear whatever we have to say. You think uh, so? Um, regardless, it's like a, it's like a real conversation. It's just we can't we don't get to hear ourselves. Ourselves. Yeah, I think we're good now. Okay, do you hear me? Yeah, I hear we're you. Good. All yeah, right. we're on the air. I kind of hear myself too. Good. All right, life is. <laughs> life That's is a good. start. That's a start to radio. <laughs> We we are fantastic professional radio hosts. Yeah. Uh, I'm the managing editor of SaltCityHoops.com, the ESPN True Hoop affiliate for the Utah Jazz. Zach Harper here is the uh, national sport uh, NBA writer for CBS.com. I shouldn't say the, but one of the... One of, yeah. One of, I would say... One of the top CBS Sports. Sure, I'm one, I'm one of... I would four. say I'm one of the five best CBSSports.com NBA writers. Easily. Are there five? There are five of us, okay, yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> I think so. There might be more. I don't know. Uh, someone, someone's feeling left out. If not, I can think of five. We've got a good show for you today, despite the start. I think so. Uh, first of all, the Jazz have had some some good wins recently, including Monday night against the Cleveland Cavaliers without LeBron James. That was pretty neat. Uh, we had them beat the Sacramento Kings without, uh, uh, I guess, with everybody. So sure, without the Sacramento Kings trying is one way. They tried to- for like a quarter. Yeah, the, the last court, uh, Which last is, nine minutes or that's so. Kind of an improvement, right? So, <laughs> props to them. Uh, we've got Clark Schmutz coming on. Clark had a great article on SaltCityHoops.com uh, today about kind of looking forward to the Jazz, what they need to add to their franchise, and in particular, a veteran addition. He's got three ideas for a veteran addition for them to sign this off season. Um, so we're we're getting a little bit going with a head start on the off season talk, but you know it's always kind of fun. So to you're do. just assuming make the playoffs upset Golden State, run through the the Clippers in the second round, uh-huh. beat the Spurs, beat the Cavs, championship, let's get to the offseason. Yeah. That's, uh, what, that's, that's how I took that. Uh, fast forward, exactly. Sure. I, I'm simulating and then <laughs> right. stepping in into my NBA 2K simulation whenever anything goes poorly. Just for the offseason. Yeah. Right. Of course. Uh, no, I mean, it's it's kind of interesting to think about what this current Jazz team would look like with some veteran ad- additions, right? And so yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll talk about that with Clark. Um, as always, we want to know your feedback on the show. Uh, again, beyond the first two minutes. <laughs> so I don't know. I feel like we're killing it right now. <laughs> so if you could tweet us at Andy B. Larson uh, or at Talk Hoops, and then you can also call us 877-353-0700. Uh, all right. So let's let's talk about this this Jazz Cavs game especially because. Sure. That uh, that may have been the most fun Jazz home game this year, uh, and uh, I mean it, it's a packed arena. There are a ton of highlights from that game, from LeBron James alley oops to Rudy Gobert and ones to Shelvin Mack nutmegging somebody. Right. I mean, <laughs> it's kind of an incredible spectacle. It was like a Freaky Friday between him and Kyrie Irving, where Shelvin hit everything. He's putting the ball through people's legs. Kyrie couldn't hit anything. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of a kind of a role reversal there well okay so to continue the freaky friday theme how about joe ingles guarding lebron james it was 
sort of effective. Yeah. I, I was legitimately shocked, actually, at yeah. how effective it was. I mean, you tell Joe Ingles two years ago. In fact, I asked him this at practice today. If I told you two years ago when you're playing your league basketball that you're going to be guarding and starting against LeBron James yeah. and playing 36 minutes a night against him, or at least that night against him, you wouldn't have believed it, right? Right. And instead he came in and basically just gave him 10 feet and didn't let him get in front and forced – some jump shots and playmaking. Here's why this works is usually LeBron doesn't go for his own scoring in the first quarter. So it kind of gives Joe a chance to settle in, maybe build up a little confidence. Joe giving him so much time or so much space on the floor actually works too because LeBron can't hit a three-pointer this year. He, I mean, he's still under 30% on the year. He's been wow. bad. So you, you kind of, you know, you couple those two things and it allows Joe to build up a little bit of a rhythm, a little bit of, um, of continuity on the court with his teammates in that, in that matchup. Plus, he knows he's got favors behind him. He's got Gobert behind him. So he can press up a little bit if he needs to. He's a big enough body to where LeBron can't really push him around. So if LeBron uses his quickness and tries to score, okay, he's, you know, he's in trouble. But if LeBron's going to kind of be a little bit passive early on and try to get others involved, it works. Yeah, he did have 11 first-quarter points uh, right. against the Cavs. So it, it seemed like... What? Some of that was stuff was you know transition getting out, yeah, which maybe that's sure. where your problem is with Joe, is Joe's not going to be able to get back with LeBron on those quick turnovers. No, but in, in his fairness, nobody is. Right, exactly. Uh, so, you know, I thought it was kind of a smart move, actually. I, I expected uh, Chris Johnson to be the starter instead right. of Joe Ingles. Chris Johnson kind of being a scrappy fighter sort of defender maybe frustrated him a little bit, but I thought kind of the play of having Joe Ingles and then Trevor Booker later on in the game guard uh, LeBron and kind of use their size against him in terms of just kind of strength and weight right. and prevent him from playing as much bully ball as he, he can at times. We had a couple of moments, too, where Chris Johnson was guarding LeBron, and he kind of seemed a little scrappy about it. Like, mm -hmm. they're exchanging words, exchanging looks on what he thought was, wasn't was a foul, maybe LeBron thought was a foul, and, and reach-ins and stuff like that. And it, I don't know, I like seeing that kind of uh, that kind of confidence from Chris Johnson in which he was, like, even though you're going against maybe the best player in the world, he wasn't really backing down. Maybe it was a battle yeah. of 23s. Maybe he felt like, no, I should be wearing 23, not you. Yes, Chris Johnson wants to take that number over from yeah. LeBron James and, and Michael Jordan. Seems doable. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Uh, do you think that was a case of the Jazz winning this game or, or the Cavs losing it? I know that's a stupid question, first of all. Sure. But like, do you think Quinn Snyder would like that question from you? No, of course not. <laughs> he, would, he would not love that question. Uh, but ultimately, like I look at the stats of that game. And I see Kyrie Irving shooting one for nine from three, uh, J.R. Smith one for eight, and the Cavs overall 10 of 42 from the three-point line. That's the third most three-point misses of all time in right. any NBA game ever. So, you know, you look at it and think if the Cavs would have made kind of their average at the three-point line, you make 14, 15 three-point shots instead of just 10, the Jazz probably lose that game, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think part of it was the road trip. Uh, the Jazz, were, or I'm sorry, the Cavs were on a four-game road trip in six days. All four games involved back-to-backs. So the first two games were back-to-backs. The second two games were back-to-backs. Okay. So that's a little tough, even though they were in L.A. for two of those games and had a, had a good break in between the two middle games. I still think that that's kind of a tough thing. You go into altitude, you're at the end of a, you know, not a long road trip, but a, a long enough road trip, and the Jazz played well. You know, I think for the most part, the Jazz went out there and, and played really well. I don't know how seriously the Cavs took them without Gordon Hayward. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know how fair that is to kind of accuse them of that, but at the same time, they didn't look all that, you know, interested in in really attacking. 
Yeah, I, I thought their defense was a little bit questionable, too. Right. I mean, there were a bunch of points throughout the game where there were Kevin Love would look and say, you know, where's the help behind me if, yeah. if he was pump faked? And, they still don't have that figured out, it seems. And you can watch them in other games, and it seems like in I don't know, like after a year and a half-ish, yeah. I guess if you say a year and, and two months with since they made those trades for Mozgov and JR, I don't know. I feel like it that defensive part hasn't gotten better. Now, it was really good during the playoffs last year, right. but you'd like to see a little bit more of that. Mozgov looked terrible. Yeah, defensively, he did, and and it's and it's weird, and you understand the the mindset of this team. They're coasting. I mean, sure. I think I think there is a sense that you know, for example, LeBron James sat out actually tonight. Yes, uh, against the Dallas Mavericks, which was I was feeling that the Jazz were kind of being inconvenienced by that, obviously in this playoff race with the Mavericks. But then I I looked at the scoreboard and they are up. What is it as they're of right now? They're only up two. Only up two? Yeah, big fourth quarter from the Mavericks. Wow, twenty five eleven fourth quarter. I looked at it game. six minutes ago, and it was <laughs> right. seventeen. It, it looked good six minutes ago. <sighs> All know. right. Well, never mind. I I no longer. I should never take anything for granted. I guess with with the Maverick. I, yeah. I would never want to throw him under the bus because he he's still one of my favorites. But J.R. Smith is six of seventeen, one of eight from three for thirteen points. I feel like it's his fault. <laughs> it may be. Uh, Kyrie scoring. Kevin Love scoring. Sure. Uh, Come on, Cavs. <laughs> you can't go, give up a 25 to 11 fourth quarter. Just, I'm just disappointed. Anyway, uh, the point is the Cavs are not trying. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I guess this fourth quarter by the Cavs helps my point during this show, but does not help the Jazz during their playoff run. Right. Uh, you also look at what the Cavs did. They were 13 of 46 in that game on uncontested shots. Wow. You know, via sports view. So 28%. I mean, that's... You know, some of that you could look at and say, hey, the Jazz took them out of rhythm. That's always kind of a tough one to figure out. Like, did they just miss shots? Did the Jazz take them out of rhythm? So even when they have an open shot, they're kind of rushing it. Uh, I thought the Jazz played really good defense in that game, but I don't know if it was good enough to force that kind of a shooting night. Yeah, I, I thought they did a good job of keeping them outside of the paint, which sure. is which is absolutely what you want to do. Absolutely. Yeah. They were pretty lucky to get the results that, the, that they did from the Cavs outside shooting, right. which is good but not great. Yeah. Uh, but they got the win. That's what's important. And they right? got the win. I, I thought their offense, I mean, sure, they only scored 94 points, right? Yeah. But if you look at it, there were only 86 possessions in that game. So to score 94 points in that kind of half-court game against the Cavs' defense was pretty impressive, especially without Gordon Hayward. Yeah, and that's what I thought was surprising, too, is that the Cavs couldn't capture the pace of the game. And ever since Tyron Lewis has taken over, um, it's been, you know, we want to play at a quicker pace. We want to play faster. And that hasn't necessarily happened. They haven't been able to force that. They talked about not being able to play with that pace after the game. I asked Kevin Love about it, and he, he really couldn't figure it out. He said, I don't know. He's, sometimes it's just one of those nights. That he said, we felt like we got stops when we needed to. We just couldn't do anything off of it. Uh, but it was it was good that the Jazz could dictate the pace against a better team. They did have 18 points off of 13 Jazz turnovers. So right, when so when they did, they did yeah. the transition, it worked. But then the the rest of it was, wasn't really there. But you look at the teams that do are so good at forcing pace. I mean, some of that's off turnovers, but a lot of it's off you know long right. jumpers, uh, that miss it, even off makes you know you can run off makes that nobody was trying to run really in that game except for the turnovers yeah that's a good point uh Rodney Hood is very very good by the way yeah uh, like <laughs> just the uh, different ways in which he scores is incredible I mean 28 points in that game uh at the rim four for nine from the three-point line uh mid-range just at kind of every type of shot from turnarounds to floaters to that sort of thing 
I mean, we, we've talked about Rodney Hood before, certainly on the show, but it's, it's really, really encouraging to see him play that well. And I thought it was interesting that Quinn Snyder called this game a conscientious game afterwards, mm-hmm. right? Like, for you to score 28 points and shoot like J.R. Smith does right. is not that difficult. I guess, and well, it may be for J.R. Smith. <laughs> but, you know, if, you, if you're going to go out there and shoot 25 shots, you have a better chance of shooting, uh, scoring 28 points. But Rodney Hood didn't do that, was taking the right sort of shots within the offense, also playmaking, and, and putting up big point totals as well. He looks so comfortable to me. When yeah. he has the ball, like there, nothing's rushed. There isn't, uh, there isn't a panic. No matter what the the shot clock situation is or what the defensive situation is, he just looks comfortable. And that's kind of, I think we talked. You know, one of the first times I was doing the show with you, it was kind of like, can Rodney Hood be one of those guys where even a good contest of his jumper isn't going to bother him if he knows he can get the shot off? And I think he's kind of becoming that, where yeah. it, it does look like even even if you close out and you get a hand in his face, he doesn't really seem bothered by it. It's the same motion. It's the same. Sh- it's the same follow through. It's it's just everything is so compact and so so good and, and so much in rhythm. It seems like it's really helped by his vertical on the jumper. Yeah, it he does, does seem get. Like he, he gets, gets pretty higher up. Than, yeah. uh, most guys do, especially in the mid range, yeah. with that much traffic. You know, I want to back. I want to. I want to back up my my friend J.R. Smith here, where uh. on the J.J. Reddick <laughs> podcast. Okay. Uh, he had Kyle Korver on, and they named their four most underrated shooters. J.R. Smith was Kyle Korver's fourth most underrated shooter. So there okay. you go. Me and Kyle Korver believe in J.R. Smith. Who else? Can, do you remember who the other three were? Um, for him, I know Steve Novak was named at one point. Uh, Richard Lewis was named. I think that was one of Reddick's. Uh, Peja Stojakovic was one of was Kyle Korver's first mention. Uh, underrated shooter Peja Stojakovic. I, yeah, I think so. Really? Yeah. I, I thought like that's. Uh, it seems pretty rated to me. Was, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty rated. I don't know. I don't. Know, maybe he's forgotten. Maybe. I, th- I think you can say he's forgotten. I mean, he had a until Chris Webber came back in that two thousand three two thousand four season. Yeah. Uh, he was he having was an MVP man. style. I mean, KG was still going to win MVP, but Peja was right there. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Yeah. All right. So, so no one, no one looks at him as so, like a top. Right. Guy. So maybe J.R. Smith and Peja Stojakovic are the same guy. That's what I'm saying. All right. Sure. I'm fine with it. <laughs> Uh, there was also a fun altercation in that game, too, there between was. Channing Fry and Trey Lyles, of all people. What an amazing altercation. So, Trey what Lyles. What an incredible waste of time by the officials. Yeah, eight minute review on that one. Uh, Trey Lyles bending over, has the ball, elbows Channing Fry in the groinal region. Sure. The, to use a technical term. That's, a, that's definitely groinal. a medical term. Uh, Channing Fry takes offense to it, gets in his face. Sure. End of end of, in the end, it's a flagrant two on Trey Lyles and a technical foul on Channing Fry, which was a second, right. which meant they were both ejected. Uh, and that was after eight minutes of, of <laughs> review. They really wanted to watch that over and over. Which I get. Like even watching it now, it's hard to see if it's Trey Lyles intent, made contact. Right? Yeah, I, and uh, uh, well, I don't even know that you need to make contact on that. If okay, you, if they thought he was going for, sure, him, okay, yeah, you fair. know that that counts as a flagrant two. Flagrant one even seemed kind of crazy to me except now with the way that things are called with flagrants i get it yeah so i didn't really have a problem with that yeah but i think you have to show like an intention for that flagrant too and i I don't know how you possibly think that's intentional agreed yeah i I was confused by that as well and and, you know talking to trey lyles after the game he didn't think it was intentional i mean sure he would say that if it were intentional right like i meant to elbow that guy there right He's an enforcer. Right. He had just blocked a couple of Derek Favors shots That's, inside. He Channing Fry played well that he game. He was playing really well. <laughs> uh, LeBron has just called for an enforcer. Yeah. Saying he misses Kendrick Perkins and Udonis Haslam. Channing Fry saw those quotes and, and stepped yeah. up. 
He said he decided I'm no longer a three point shooter. Now I'm a brawler, <laughs> and it's gonna go. I did love that after the contacts made and Fry clearly takes exception to it as you would. Uh, they did the the forehead to forehead uh-huh. tussle where they're just like rubbing foreheads for no yeah. reason. It, that's always the funniest way to argue to me. Oh, for sure. It's like, great. Uh, why? Why is that? It's like two, it's like two goats button heads, <laughs> except they they just get stuck. Uh, yeah, that's what it's, it looked like to it's me. It's kind of soccery. Yeah, it's a little soccerish, except no one took a dive, right? Right. If yeah, if if the first time Channing Fry hits him, triangles falls back. Yeah. Like then it's it's definitely a soccer move. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, first of all, we just haven't seen an altercation in a jazz game for a while since I don't know Trevor Booker took a swing at uh, Blake Griffin right. in, in the preseason. Or no, uh, Roy Hibbert didn't he? Or, he, yeah, he sorry, slapped Roy, Roy Hibbert. Hibbert. My I'm favorite thinking... part of that is Alec Burke's look on his face, where he's just like, "Yes, this just happened. I love that this happened." I'm thinking two preseasons ago, right, when, where he went when, after Blake, went after yeah. Blake Griffin. But yeah, so we haven't seen a non-Trevor Booker fight in a right. very long time. <laughs> I would have so, put my money on Joe. Yeah, I mean, Joe kind of got involved at the end in, in right. the talking, at least. Yeah, I thought it was semi-interesting that the, none of the Cavs went to. I don't know join Channing Fry in his argument, I guess. Yeah, I mean they weren't really trying in the game. They're not, they're not gonna try at that point either. <laughs> right. No, that's that's fair. And he I mean you've only known the guy for a week and a yeah, half. Yeah, like, like how close can you be after a week and a right. half? It's not like anybody went to a college with I don't think they have any Arizona guys, so Yeah, no, it's just it's just a the oh new guy's getting in a fight. Yeah, the new guy oh here go here goes the new guy trying <laughs> to make a name for himself. Yeah. Um all right, let's I Okay, I've, I've talked about this a lot, but I'm just going to say it once. Jazz-LeBron games, anytime LeBron is in Salt Lake City, you have to get tickets for that game because it's incredible. Uh, this is probably one of the worst times LeBron has come to Salt Lake, and it was still a great game. The, yeah. I just say that it was one of the worst because there wasn't a game winner. Like right. We, we <laughs> didn't get a Sundiata Gaines, Gordon Hayward, Darren Williams, Devin Harris game winner, uh, game winning shot in the last 10 seconds. It's still so weird to me that he can't win here. He, he hasn't won here since 2010. Yeah. There have been some bad jazz teams. Some since really then. bad jazz teams. There's one playoff team since then. They were without their best player last night. Yeah. Or that or right. that Monday night. I uh, doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. And he's had some good games. Like if you if you look up LeBron's games and we should have this open in a different tab, but regardless, he's had like some 37, 15 and 10 sort of games. Like Right. It it's just weird. Whatever it is, he can't get. Over. I I don't think there's really anything at play it's the here. The nightlife, but it's it's the maybe he needs nightlife in order. to That's succeed. what it is. Maybe this is J.R. Smith's problem. He needs ah, the nightlife. That's okay. I he had a I great year. His first year in New York, didn't he? He did. So this, uh, there you what go. About the f- beginning of the second year. Well, there's a limit, I'm sure, <laughs> just how much your body can take. <laughs> that's fair. Just liver shut down. Yeah, that's that's a bummer. Uh, let's talk about the, uh, playoff odds because I've got those up. Uh, so first of all, it looks like the Cavs will beat the Dallas Mavericks, which is very important for these playoff odds. They're up 99, 95 with two seconds left. That's hard to lose. I don't think I can jinx them. At That's this hard point, to lose. Right? Like I tried earlier, <laughs> uh, before the result of that comes in, ESPN had the jazz at a 62% chance of making the playoffs in predict 59% chance basketball reference, 61% chance. So we're all in the same range. Uh, it's about a 20% increase from our show last Wednesday. Yeah. It was much more dire yeah. a week ago. And I think you look at the uh, average there and, and have to think it's a little bit over exaggerated because the Mavericks play the Spurs on the last game of the season. Right. And there's no way the Spurs play their best players. Seems unlikely. 
uh, and meanwhile, the Jazz play the Lakers, which is Kobe Bryant's last game. Maybe there's some extra emotion there, or maybe Kobe just shoots. I don't know. Shots. There might be some extra motivation for Byron Scott to just let him throw up as many shots as possible. And really, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Kobe's last game, he should be taking 50 shots. Absolutely. You're saying but- this out of a, out of fandom for the Jazz. <laughs> I'm saying this out of, I want to just see Kobe just, just throw up as many shots as possible. No, I, I, I want to see that too, just because. Why it's the last not? time, right? Low, right? Yeah. But I want to see if he can get 80. Yeah. 80 on 60 shots. But so that kind of scares me as a Jazz fan. <laughs> it's like, that's the only way that the Lakers were scoring 80 points in that game. Probably. So, anyway, I think the, the odds are a little bit less, mostly because of the Spurs thing. Let's, sure. let's be honest. I still think this, Ma- I mean, this Mavericks team, this is a, it's not a bad loss to the Cavs because the Cavs are still a decent team, but. Without uh, LeBron, it with, kind of is. Yeah, without LeBron, like, you really need to take that one, especially since you have. Warriors, Blazers, Blazers, Warriors as your next four. <laughs> right. That's tough. Yeah. That, that's kind of – I look at the, the Jazz's last two games. So the Jazz play the Mavericks on right. the second, second last, last game. And that's a game that also determines the tiebreaker. So you – Oh, so that's big. Right, because they've only – they only play three times this season. Right. So, and they're one-on-one so far. So that's, that's the big game. If you're a Jazz fan or Jazz player or whatever, you're trying to get a two-game lead before that game. So Absolutely. hopefully that – if you lose then, you know – if you lose, then you don't have to worry about it, I guess. Right. Because if, if you have a one-game lead, I, I, I'm not sure it's enough. It, no, it won't be. I mean, you can't risk that, right? Right. You can't risk not having the tiebreaker. And basically, that's what happened to the Pelicans and the Thunder last year. Mm-hmm. Pelicans had the, the tiebreaker much earlier in the season, but the Thunder, it didn't matter what they did on the, on the last night of the season. If the Pelicans won, they were, they were out. And Rick Carlisle is such a good coach in one-and-done sort of yeah. important playoff games. And he'll absolutely treat it as well. Look long. what he's done with whatever is left of Darren Williams' body, Raymond Felton and Devin Harris and J.J. Brea as his like main guard yeah. rotation. Yeah, I mean, before this week, it was amazing. Right, before this <laughs> week, it was incredible. And you throw in you know a, a broken Wesley Matthews who's working his way back, but I, you see it's just hard to come back from a, an Achilles injury like that. I mean, that this team doesn't have that much talent. I know they have almost all-star Zaza Pachulia, in there, and that helps. <laughs> For example, right. Zaza Padilla. <laughs> almost, made, almost got voted into the All-Star game. But, the, I mean, this Mavericks team is dangerous if it comes down to one of those you know, last two games. You definitely have to build that lead. Zaza is probably their third best player? Um, I, yeah, I'd take him over a broken Wes Matthews at this point. Okay. Yeah. Wes no, Matthews next year probably is better. That's fair. Yeah. Um, but still, you know that that says something. Yeah, right. And I guess Portland's in the same boat with uh, Mason Plumlee's Plumlee, being their yeah. third best player. So, anyway, or maybe Chris Kamen. If yeah, we're, <laughs> if, we're, if we're factoring the hunting, I hope I hope not. Chris he, Kamen didn't he have a reality show? Chris Kamen he had like a it might have been an online reality show, but oh, it was like man. about him like going out and killing animals or something. Yeesh. So look that up because I remember them <laughs> tweeting about it. I made a joke about it. When I saw it, and then they were tweeting me like, oh, you should check out the show. By the way, did we ever figure out Luke Walton's nickname? Never heard back. Let me uh, see if I can get Ethan to, okay. to, <laughs> right. to update us. Well, we'll do some investigation during this break. On the other side, we've got a very important March Madness-themed mascot bracket because, well, I don't know. Why not? Why not? <laughs> we thought of, how can we do brackets in basketball? And this is what we came up with. So we are, we are demented sort of people. Anyway, we got to take a break. On the other side, that... This is the Salt City Hoop Show on ESPN 700. You got the money maker. You got the money maker. You got the money maker. This is your chance to make You're listening to Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. 
All right, welcome back into the Salsa Deep Show, ESPN 700. That's the official mascot bracket song. Yeah. Uh, we decided this ahead of time. <laughs> one of them's got the moneymaker. We're going to find out which one. All right, so here's what we're doing here. And we got to do it quick because we don't have that much sure. time for how many matchups we have. So we're doing a 16 mascot ma- mascot bracket um, with 16 of the best mascots in the NBA. You guys said you wanted more mascot talk. Okay, like two of you did. But regardless. Hey, that's... That's well, that's almost a, a plurality of our listeners. Almost a few. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so we're gonna do a quick mascot bracket. We've got sixty mascots. Uh, the pairings are random, so there's that. Sure. No seedings, because I don't know. That's we did it on the order of the Wikipedia list mascots. Seems like a scientific experiment. And we're gonna give our opinions on each. John LaFollette, our producer, is going to be uh, reading the matchups off to us. So, the first one is... First up, from Charlotte, North Carolina, Hugo Hugo, against uh, Benny the Bull from Chicago. Okay, Hugo the Hornet and Benny the Bull. Benny the Bull runs away with this. Yeah. Hugo's awful. I don't want to be rude. Hugo is is overweight and not athletic. (laughs) Like, he is not a big baby type type of mascot. If Big Baby was your team's mascot, that'd be pretty great. It would be pretty great. Like, you know, Clutch the the Bear from Houston kind of moves around. Hugo doesn't do anything. Hugo's the 16 seed is what you're saying. Right, Hugo's be, yeah. the 16 seed. Benny right. the Bull is running yeah. away with this. Benny the Bull was last year's mascot of the year. Yeah. It's it's a clear yeah, he's a, he's just a Benny legend. the Bull win. Right. All right, Benny the Bull wins. Next. From Denver, Colorado, Rocky the Mountain Lion against Hooper from Detroit. This one's hard. Hooper is near and dear to my heart. I do like Hooper. I'm going to go Rocky, though. I think Rocky's incredible. Rocky once passed out coming down from the Raptors. Yeah, that's a pretty special and still, performance. And still came back. I think he's I think he's got the win here. Hooper's funny, but you're right. Like Having passed out from the Raptors right. and being have your dead body and slowly And he's performing at altitude every night. You got to factor that in. That's probably why he passed out. Right? Not, if you get too high in the rafters in Denver, you will probably just yeah, pass out. Yeah, then you're two miles oxygen. up. All right. So Rocky wins that one. Rocky, Rocky wins. wins. All right. Next up, Clutch the Bear from Houston, Texas, and Chuck the Creepy Condor from Los Angeles. Chuck is out. I don't even care who he's going really? against. Chuck is out. Oh, yeah. Chuck is out. Yeah. Chuck the Condor. I thought you were saying Clutch no, is out. No, Clutch, Clutch is a lock the, here. Yeah, Clutch Chuck's got to go. Kanye may redesign Chuck, and then we can re- you know revisit this. Chuck's out. Yeah. I don't Chuck, care how many Chuck, Chuck, Chuck Taylors he's got. Chuck is a terrible mascot. Right. Next. Bernie with a U from Miami against Bingo the Buck from uh, Milwaukee. You're familiar with Bernie. I am. Not good. <laughs> <laughs> he's not good. I do like, I like Bango too. Didn't Bango like break his leg or he tore his ACL yeah, or recently. blew out his Achilles or something? He's back. You got to give Bango that kind of, that kind of, you know, following, that kind of support. Definitely one of the best mascots in the league. Bernie is just not good at all. No. Or does he do anything? Bernie did something on a hoverboard last year that oh. I just couldn't. It was, oh, he did the Macarena on a hoverboard. That's maybe the most memorable thing he's ever done. Okay. Not good. Yeah, that's not great. All right. Bingo. Next. Crunch the Wolf from Minneapolis, or Minnesota, against Pierre the Pelican from New Orleans. That's is this another n- is one this you're familiar with. Nightmare Factory Pierre, or is this redesigned face-off Pierre? This is this a current edition of... Okay, Crunch so. has this then. Crunch is actually pretty good. Uh, if it was Nightmare Pierre, I wouldn't go against him against anybody, because <laughs> I would fear for my life, but I, I give it to Crunch. All right, yeah, I'm, I'm with you too. Current Pierre is, is kind of Chuck the Condory in his right. plainness. And, Not good. Uh, he's... Two designed for kids, mm-hmm. and I'm not one of those. So no, you're not a crunch kid, officially. Uh, Stuff the magic dragon from or uh, Orlando and Phoenix the gorilla. 
or Phoenix Gorilla. Ooh. I do like stuff, and he had a good performance in the in the dunk contest yeah. with, with Aaron Gordon, but the Gorilla's a legend. Uh, see, but that's uh, I think we're in for an upset here. Oh. Like, I, I like Stuff the Magic Dragon for what he did for the second best dunk contest of all time. Okay. He was in an integral part of that you dunk contest. You know what? Contest. I'll go with you. We're, this is an upset. Yeah, I, I the mean. The Gorilla's out. Uh, the gorilla's out. Plus, By the way, you, the gorilla's name is Go. Go the gorilla. Yeah, have you seen Wikipedia. the movie Congo? Like, the gorillas don't fare well in that, except for <laughs> one who knows sign language. I don't know the Go the gorilla no sign language. All right, Phoenix Gorilla out. Stuff the magic dragon in. Next. San Antonio's Coyote versus Samson, the, uh, Slamson, excuse me, the lion from Sacramento. I do like Slamson. I'm familiar with Slamson. He is no coyote, though. The coyote is great. I, I thought about not including Sam Slamson, but then I read his Wikipedia page. Sure. And it says, you know, his name is a play on Samson in reference to the biblical hero, blah, blah, blah. But he has a backstory. He was born in South Africa with his mother, Slamette, and his father, Sir Slam the Lion. Due to his family being very poor, the Sacramento Kings went to help him. Uh, after losing their other dear beloved mascot, which Gorilla, which you right. see, and he was shipped off to Sacramento, California, to an entertain kids in Arco Arena. Wait, There's a discovery story there. Wait, you've Samson. got a Sir, which Sir Slam. That's a knight, so it's some kind of royalty. But they were poor. <laughs> I think they just got rid of their kid. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry yeah. that he comes from a horrible family, but I can't give him the nod. I mean, he might be like a, maybe he's like a knight in the Robin Hood sort of sense. I don't maybe. Know Here's the thing. The coyote can remove its eyes at any time. I respect that. It can, it, what? It can take that's its awful. eyes off of the mascot mat. And then what? What happened? Like, then he puts them on upside down. He puts tricks. on other eyes. Like, he can do anything with them. All right. Yeah, that wins. Yeah. Coyote so wins. Coyote wins. All right. Uh, last matchup. Stripes the Raptor versus the Jazz Bear. I mean, I can't go against the Jazz Bear. I won't get out of the city alive. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I think the Jazz Bear has declined in recent years. We talked about this. The yeah. Jazz Bear is getting older. Um, he's less willing to take off people's shoes in the front row and I throw don't... them in the court. Uh, it's one of my favorite tricks. I don't get the motorcycle. The I, don't, I don't see what that has weird. to do with anything in starting the game. It's loud. It's really loud. That's it. Yeah. I think he likes motorcycles. I'm still gonna give the jazz bear. But the... he still does. He does some good things. Yeah. I, I really do like the taking shoes off rich people and throwing them. Sure, that's in great. The crowd or that's stealing crowd their things. Uh, I like his flirtatiousness with with the arena's women. Sure. That's uh, great. It's a lawsuit waiting to happen, but it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> in general, <laughs> anything that's a lawsuit waiting to happen right. is a good thing. It's in a mascot great thing. Land. It's a great thing. He can also dunk it and then squeeze through the through the basket. Yeah, that's a skill. So Jazz Bear in the first round. Uh, I think we got to do the second round now. Next round uh, in the excellent eight: Hugo from Charlotte versus Rocky from Denver. No, Benny. Benny, yeah, Benny won. Keep track did of Benny this. Did Benny win? Benny won, yeah. yeah Benny I think I got all the other ones. was terrible. Okay. That's right. You did say that. Benny the Bull from Chicago <laughs> versus Rocky the Mountain Lion. I got to go Benny. I just think Benny's great. What are, what are the good things about Benny? He chased the, the starters who were the basketball Jones back then around an arena. Oh. That was great. That's okay. a great video for online if it's still up. Okay. Um, he's great at interacting with the crowd. He's great at mocking officials. He's oh, always seemed to, yeah, he always seems to be... You know, just right next to a, a play when it's going out of bounds. I I respect him. All right, I, I'm with you there because all I have for Rocky Rocky the Mountain Lion is he died once. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> he came back from the dead. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. Don't it get is me impressive. Wrong. No, I I I would be very scared of a zombie mountain lion. It's just yeah, it's just hard for me to vote against last year's mascot of the year. Right. And your strong belief in Benny yeah. the Bull. So Benny the Bull wins next. Clutch the bear versus Bango the Buck. I gotta Ooh. go, Bango. Yeah? Yeah. 
Clutch looks too much like a like a stuffed animal. He looks like a mouse. Right, that's another thing. I don't know if it's a bear or a mouse. He's like a. He's like I am familiar with bears. Having I literally met a bear today. You held a bear. I held in a your bear arms. today. A baby bear. Just sure. So people don't. I still think they're terrifying. They think they're claws. They got big old adult claws. Right. As babies. They just don't know what to do with they're them just, yet. They're just bad at them. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, Clutch doesn't look like the bear I No, held. he doesn't, not at all, so I think that's Bango's win. Yeah, all right, Bango wins. Next. Crunch the wolf versus Stuff the magic dragon. Ooh. Ooh. Um, Crunch was not as impressive when he helped out Derek Williams in the dunk contest years no, ago. He not. brought out a motorcycle. Yeah. Motorcycles and mascots are huge, apparently. Uh, but it wasn't a it wasn't a lot of fun. So I'll go to I'll go with stuff. Yes. Recency bias again. Stuff was a lot of fun. Did every assist on the first try. Sure. Uh, I mean, admittedly, a lot of them were just standing there. <laughs> right. But, <did laughs> but he worked standing. a hoverboard like he knows what he's doing. Yeah, and and that he worked with. Aaron Gordon to do those dunks and yeah. practice them ahead of time and that right. sort of thing. It was the opposite of what Steve Nash did with exactly. Andre Drummond. Yes. Yeah. So, in conclusion, stuff the Magic Dragon. Uh, last one for this round. Coyote versus the Jazz Bear. I gotta go Coyote. Okay. Because he was in so many NBA action videos back in the 90s, um, he messed with Dennis Rodman. He's great with the crowd. Uh, he, he, he takes hats off of people. Kind of like your shoe thing with the jazz bear. Okay. I and the Spurs win everything. Takes like cowboys hats off of off of people. Takes just, everything. Yeah. Wow. I gotta I go. Mean, I gotta go with with the coyote. You're you're starting to <laughs> starting to sell me on this. <laughs> I mean, jazz bear is my childhood. I love I love right. him. I mean, I, that's <laughs> tough. It's a tough call for you. I'll let you make the call. That way, the, you get the blame. Yeah, we if only people have are mad. two people on this show. <laughs> we, what do we do? Well, I guess we, we need John to, to tie break. John, do you have an opinion on this? I have never seen the coyote in person, but I've always been very fond of the jazz bear. Um, it's a tough call. All right, we're doing jazz bear. All right, jazz so bear moves local on. Interest, local so bias. Put, yeah. the judges have been bought. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they have. All right, so we got four left, right? Uh, we're in our final yes, four? Yes, final four. All right. Fantastic let's, four. Let's leave the final four for next segment. Sound good? That sounds great. All right. So in in the next segment, we've got our final four. Plus, we might have some Chick-fil-A talk. Believe it or not, uh, this all has to do with basketball somehow. The Chick-fil-A may actually change the playoff race. Believe it or not. What? Yeah. No, this is a thing. What? I'll explain it to you. What a, what a tease. I don't even know what you're talking about. I want, I want the next segment now. I'll explain it to you next on the Salt City Hoop Show, ESPN 700. Listening to Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. All right, welcome back into the Salt City Hoop Show, ESPN 700. I'm Andy Larson here with Zach Harper. Uh, so we gave this tease coming into the break about Chick Fil A making an impact on the playoff race. Incredible, and it's only fair that I tell you about it before we get into our mascot final four. Uh, if you've been to a jazz game this season, you've seen the Chick-fil-A promotion, the, the foul shot promotion. The idea is when opposing player misses consecutive free throws during a trip to the line in the fourth quarter, everybody in the audience gets a free Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich. Right. That means pl- people get crazy whenever they anyone is nuts. at the line in, in one of these three arenas that do it. Uh, that's Utah, Chicago, and Washington, by the way. Okay. And if you look at the stats, in... Opponents shoot 
very poorly during fourth quarters in Salt Lake and Chicago. In fact, in Salt Lake, they only make 71.7% okay. of their free throw opportunities in the fourth quarter. That's low. Average in the fourth quarter is 75%. Right. So the Jazz are all of a sudden getting a couple points per season in there. Here's the thing. Here's my pitch. You get a sponsor for every quarter. Okay. Every quarter you have a new promotion. Like maybe Big O gives away a tire in the first <laughs> quarter. <laughs> Tires are expensive. Sure. All right. Well, well, you know, we'll throw something around. Maybe a, maybe an air Tenth gauge. Of a tire. Maybe okay. an, yeah. an air gauge for your tires or something. Sure, but people love Although every things. game that would be a, that would be excessive. Yeah, you don't need like five. If you're a season ticket holder, you don't need like five. It's got to be something food, right? Like probably. That's, it's the only thing you need that many of. All right. Uh, Trident. Sure. Gives away a pack of gum. Love it. Fresh your breath for unfresh free throws. Yeah. Okay. That's what we say. I love it. Yeah. So, and then same thing, just two missed free throws? Two missed Can free throws. Can we do other kinds of things? Can we do like every time? What if we did like consecutive missed, like three missed threes in a row? I, yeah. I'm uh, Anything like that? I mean, yeah. missed. Uh, well, so you got to get the fans very involved, right? Like, sure. Yeah, I guess, the, all right, That's that could be a quick turnaround of like, oh, no, this guy's shooting a three. <laughs> right. And if we have a review for whether or not it's a two. That may take some of the luster out of it. Yeah, maybe that's what you do is if you can goad them into a flagrant foul sure. or something. Yeah, that's, a, that's a good idea. <laughs> Every opponent technical foul gets that, you a free burger. Yeah. No, that worked out in Detroit years ago against Indiana. So that, <laughs> I think we should definitely get the crowd into a frenzy. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm pro-rioting. I don't understand why people aren't. No, it's it, it's a good exercise. I'm also pro-bears. so Right, if you're too intimidated <laughs> to go to the gym, like we heard in the commercial break, Riding's your next best venture. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's reasonable. So anyway, uh, that it seems like this Chick Fil A uh, promotion is actually making a difference, and, and, and it's working in other cities. And it's working in other cities too. That's true for Chicago as well. Uh, and it's interesting when the crowd, you know, during the fourth quarter, the crowd's getting considerably louder. So 85 decibels, for example, uh, in one fourth quarter game, Bulls against the Bucks when Chris Middleton stepped to the line. Uh, but then only 70 to 74 decibels during the starting lineup intros, the famous Bulls oh, yeah. starting lineup. That's you know, still a great one. Yeah, the serious and all that. Although, I guess if you're sometimes announcing... With like, Benny the Bull, by the way. Right, if you're announcing like Tony Snell. Probably yeah, doesn't get too loud. Maybe that's why it wasn't that loud. Right. Was it was Tony Snell and Mike Dunleavy. It's like, hey, Doug McDermott, get crazy. <laughs> Fair. All right. So maybe that's, uh, but still, that it, that it comes close yeah. or exceeds. Well, it's brilliant, too, because incredible. once they miss the first free throw, then everyone just loses it, right? Right. So that's when you really get into it. And it's, and it's good. If it positively impacts your, your team, go for it. And there have been some uh, bad free throw shooters that have, uh, so total 19 times this has been uh, missed throughout the league. It feels like it's been 19 times at Jazz games. Nope. Still, yeah, just 19 times total. Do so. they lead the league in... Promotions given away? Yeah, they do. Okay. So uh, Detroit's Andre Drummond, Houston's Dwight Howard, and Indiana's Ian Mahinmi have yeah. all missed this. But then some solid free throw shooters have missed too, including Anthony Davis, Mario Chalmers, KG. Some decent free throw yeah. shooters have missed two in a row, and maybe due to that. I mean, there was a quote from a player here, uh, and I have to find it in the article, but he says it actually makes an impact. It's hard not to notice when somebody gets louder. Uh, Ke Kevin Serafin, sorry, says... You try to focus, but you definitely hear it and think about it because it gets so much louder all at once. And his teammate, Lou Amundsen, did Missed. it here. Yeah. Missed here. Sasha Vujicic 
shushed the crowd. But Seraphin said when he was on the Wizards, he used to cheer with the fans. He was getting loud, now too, because he get, also wanted a chicken sandwich. Now, do they get the chicken sandwich? Said, well, I guess they have tickets for the game, right? Yeah. So you could just take one of those tickets. I said, I wanted my chicken sandwich. Yeah. Exclamation point. How could you not? It's delicious. Yeah. I'm I'm in. The players are in. More teams around the league should do this. I'm ja- I'm I, thrilled I, the Jazz do Yeah, it. every team should do it. All right. So two mascot bracket. Uh, we've got our final four of our mascot mascot bracket. Thank you for this important music, John. Zed's uh, it. it does Atmosphere. add to it a lot because, after all, we're talking about a bracket of NBA mascots here. So, let's. <laughs> this is what we've been reduced to. Should I feel <laughs> as much shame about this as I as I do? Because I I feel some shame about this is what we're doing in our radio show. In the frenzied four, we have Betty the Bull. Don't answer that <laughs> from Chicago. And Milwaukee's Bangle the Buck. Central Division rivalry. Yeah, this is this is a really good one. All right, so here's how. As you get towards the end, do you feel like a bull would beat a buck in a fight? I do. I do because they have pointy horns. Right. They're not. We're not running with the deer, are we, in yeah. Pamplona? No, we're running with the bulls because they're terrifying. Yeah. So Benny the Bull gets it. That's my reasoning here. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I, I like Benny. Um... Yeah, I okay. mean, we have some new information in this next we do. matchup, by the way. Go Very ahead, important. Uh, the other side of the Fantastic Four stuff, the Magic Dragon from Orlando against the local Utah Jazz Bear. Now, this seems rigged to me. So the Jazz Bear, literally 10 minutes ago, Haley Burns, who we're, we're, we both know. Yes, uh, quite familiar. <laughs> <laughs> jazz, what is her job title? Uh, she's a digital content reporter. Okay, for I the think, Utah Jazz. Cool. I don't know Sounds that. Great. That's going to be bad. <laughs> Regardless, she tweeted out a video just 10 minutes ago of the Jazz Bear juggling bowling balls. Now that takes strength and coordination. Yes. That's impressive. He did drop one at the end of the video. Okay, but, you know, well. He's not perfect. He's not perfect. But he tried. He's going out there, new lengths, new distances. Like I said, he can dunk it and then pull himself into the rim and sure. go through the basket himself. That's some Space Jam stuff. That is. Here's my question to you. Have you seen Game of Thrones? Yeah. Okay. Have you seen The Revenant? No. But you held a bear today. I held a bear today. I'm very familiar with Do you with think bears. a dragon from Game of Thrones could defeat that bear that you held today? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I held a baby bear, though. That's. I mean, I guess there are baby dragons, too. Yeah, in, I mean, I think Game at some point there are. Yeah. Like, yeah, in like the first season, right? Right, yeah. There's baby dragons. They're, yeah. they're adorable. Yeah. So if we count the baby dragon versus okay, the Okay, so baby the baby bear. dragon versus the baby bear... Why am I go bear? I think the thing had some size on it. it. Had some size, but it was very bad at moving. Like okay. it, was, it was kind of flailing. I guess and not. It, it can't walk yet. Are the example. dragons pre-flight? These baby dragons. Dragons are pre-flight. Okay, so. then I gotta go bear. Uh, dragons have fire though. I don't think they were. Do they, they have fire yet? If they're pre-flight, I, I don't, don't remember. <laughs> also, the dragons aren't real, so it's right. Hard to also, that okay, out. imagination aside, I'll go bear. Jazz bear moves on to the final oh, for the me. Stuff the the dunk contest though. Yeah. But Stuff did lose the dunk contest. He did lose it. <laughs> All right, yeah. No, you're right. Stuff doesn't have that big of a, of a repertoire, right. I think, is, is the problem. Like right. We only know his work from the dunk contest. And other than that, he looks pretty ridiculous. That's true. All right, Jazz Bear wins. In the rigged NBA mascot <laughs> championship, we have Benny the Bull from Chicago and the Cinderella Utah Jazz Bear. Okay, now I've always wanted to watch a bull and a bear fight. I don't. I mean, you got to think the the bull would win, right? Because of the, the pokey horns. All right, I've seen the Revenant. 
And that bear, that bear goes to town on Leo. Yeah. I mean, it really does some damage. But Leo lives. Leo's also not a bull, though, so I got to factor that in. Don't you think the bull would be tougher? I do. You know what? I got to go with Benny because I'm a fan of the starters in the Basketball Jones. Okay. So they he helped them with a video back in the day. That counts for me. And now you're and, helping Benny. And the bear dropped a bowling ball at the end of that video. <laughs> I need perfection if you're going to win. I, I like that he's trying new things. Sure. I mean... <laughs> this is- uh, this is the best thing we've ever done. <laughs> I, you know, I, I like innovation in the mascot sphere, so I, I, I'm going with the bull too. You're, oh wow! And I'm sorry about that, but I do just feel like the jazz bear has somewhat declined in recent years. He's wow. not going down the stairs on the sled as much. Only like a couple times a season. Yeah. He used to go at the very top of the ladders and do handstands, sure. and now he's just on the top of the ladders and not doing handstands. Right. I mean, there's a drop-off there. He fell last game. He was trying to walk on the handrail oh, or yeah, stand on the handrail. He, he fell. That's because they're circular. Well, right. <laughs> I mean, that's the bad is idea. trying to do these things yeah. is ridiculous. Right. And, you know, again, innovation in the mascot sphere, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, gotta, it's just not its not what it used to be. I so, think Jazz Bear five years ago wins this. Yeah. But, but now there's a reason Benny the Bear won Mascot of the Year in 2015. If you can cut together a bunch of Benny the Bull highlights and put it to one shining moment, we have use for you. Uh, John. All right, we got to take a break. On the other side, we're going to bring on Clark Schmutz, fellow Salt City Hoops writer. He's got a great article on what veteran presence the Utah Jazz need to add in the offseason. We'll be talking about that with him next on the Salt City Hoop Show, ESPN 700. You're listening to Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. All right, welcome back in to the Salt City Hoop Show on ESPN 700. I'm Andy Larson alongside Zach Harper. I run SaltCityHoops.com, the ESPN Troop affiliate for the Utah Jazz. Zach Harper is an NBA columnist for CBSSports.com. John LaFollette is our producer. Every week, he's a stellar person, an individual, and chooses good music for our intros on many occasions. And a, and a reader of <laughs> mascot matchups. And a, and, yeah. Like you would not believe. He gets paid to do that. I get about 95% of them right, too. Right. Yeah. I mean, hey, that's almost 100. That's almost 100. <laughs> uh, to update the Jazz's playoff race, because we talked about that earlier in the show, the Cleveland Cavaliers did beat the Dallas Mavericks by just 1.9998. Still, that should help the Jazz out in that race. Right now, the Clippers and, and the Houston Rockets are playing on ESPN. 30-22 to 22 Clippers lead, uh, two-minute mark in, in the first quarter. On the show, though, now is our guest for today's show. It's Clark Schmutz. Clark is a writer for SaltCityHoops.com. Um, we used to have a podcast together when we wrote for SLC Dunk, the SB Nation blog for the Jazz, uh, called The Clark and Andy Show. It was really like my first intro to podcasting, and I haven't gotten any better at it since then. Sure. Right. <laughs> Regardless. That's good to know. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, haven't you seen? Anyway, Clark, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Good. So you had an article today on Salt City Hoops, kind of thinking about the Jazz from a long-term perspective. And you said something interesting that you don't really care if the Jazz make the playoffs this season. Oh, well, I mean, that's obviously not true. Well, I you just, wrote uh... it. I'm just reading the article. 
<laughs> well, yeah, didn't you catch a little kind of like tongue-in-cheek joke in there? Apparently not. I no. <laughs> I'm not going to like live and die by every game because, you know, what does it really matter? Obviously, I wanted to make the playoffs. I just, you know, it's just it's this has been such an up and down emotional roller coaster the last few days that it's just I'm kind of throwing my hands up in the air and giving up, but it's a lot of fun. And I'm I'm back invested. I like definitely watched the Mavericks Cavaliers game tonight, which I never would have if I didn't care. Okay. But okay, so regardless, tell me though why I guess you are... What I did say is that whether they make Thank the playoffs you. or not, I think the plan this offseason should be the same. Okay. Which I think is maybe what you're alluding to. Yeah, and, and uh, why is that? Well, just because, I mean, what is the, the next logical step for the Jazz? And I think, you know, maybe in a way you could say just roll it out and kind of see what experience it does for another year for the players that they have. Um, but I suggested in my piece and still believe that they just need to add um, one or two players. It's not, they don't need to add anybody big, but to, to take the next step, I think they need to, to add. I, I talked about some veteran leadership, and, um, you know, that can come in a few ways. Well, you actually brought up the example of the Jazz in the 2006-2007 season when they brought in Derek Fisher, and even though he was kind of not that good on the court, he made a big difference. Yeah, I think so. That was kind of the point of the article is that that team went from 41 wins to 51 wins. And if you actually look at the expected, what what they really did is they went from like the 20th best offense and 20th best defense to the third best offense and 20th best defense in one year, which is a huge deal and really increased their ability to win, you know, 10 to 15 games is basically how much they improved. And the Jazz are probably looking to, to do something like that. Derek Fisher was really bad on the court, but, um, I think it changed kind of the mindset, and I think he probably helped Darren Williams a lot. And so I think that um, there are things to learn from history. There are things to learn to not do, and I think there are some things to maybe try to repeat in some ways. And I think the Jazz are kind of there where uh, they could use somebody who's been there to kind of change the mindset where the playoffs aren't enough. They need to think higher. They need to think about home court advantage and, and how to conduct themselves as professionals is basically my premise. Zach, do you do you believe in that and believe in like that veteran leadership being a thing that that takes you to the next level? Absolutely. I mean, I think you see it this year where the majority of their problems are. Um, I wonder if, if Clark in, or agrees with this. I think the majority of their problems are one injury based because they haven't been able to put you know the same lineups on the on the court game after game. But also, like you've seen some of those close games kick away, and and maybe they've gotten into some closer games that they shouldn't have because of the youth. But I think they kick some away because of that youth. And that experience of closing out games and, and that in closing out games turns into closing out, you know, road trips and closing out a, a playoff race and, and closing out a first round series. Like it all builds on each other. And I think they're lacking that. And while you can look at the core and think and think like, yeah, this is great moving forward, you still need those guys to teach players the little ins and outs that, that they don't quite have yet. Clark, do you agree with that? Yeah, I absolutely do. Definitely with the injury part. I think the Jazz you know, it would be a lot better, and also their chemistry would be better. They'd just have more time together if they didn't have so many injuries. But, yeah, I mean, you look at, like, the I think I mentioned it in the story, the Olympics, how players sometimes just have their best year after having a summer with the U.S. Olympic team, and people say that that's because they learned some habits and maybe they changed their diet and they, they learned from some of the stars that have done it before. But I, I think Andy and I have talked about this a lot. We're not huge believers in, like, the momentum idea and leadership, but I think it is true that, uh, and, and in fact, I was just looking at Twitter tonight, Bobby Marks, the uh, ex-GM or, or front office guy with the Nets, said the exact same thing about the Pistons tonight. He said Pistons need 
some people who've been there before to help them learn how to win close games because they just lost a close one to Atlanta. And it made me think of the Jazz, you know, maybe they are dismissing, you know, that one person who can tell them that enough is enough and show some leadership. It's hard to measure. It's actually impossible to measure the value of leadership and wins, but I think it's an interesting thing to think about. Yeah, I mean, it's it's weird because I, I don't know how much you can import that, you know, like it, it kind of makes sense to me that you can learn those things over time, I guess. But I, I don't know that having someone of Derek Fisher's uh, capability on the floor would, would help the Jazz that much. You know, I uh, you've got basically Derek Fisher on one side with that 2006-2007 team, and then you've got Richard Jefferson from two seasons ago who has basically the same skill sets uh, on, sure. on paper, right? Or at least veteran leadership skill set of guy who's been there before, been to a finals. Uh, but then that obviously didn't make a difference the Jazz had their worst season in, in the last decade. Yeah, I mean, um, I... I don't really know what to say to that. Um, and, and in the same breath, like Derek Fisher probably wasn't a very positive part of maybe like the Oklahoma City Thunder teams that he finished with. Right. I think you can argue that he, he hurt them pretty badly. He was really bad for the Jazz. I was looking at his stats. I was kind of shocked at how bad he was. I just remember um, Michael Redd going for like a career high of 56 points or something against the Jazz that year just because he was our starting shooting guard and he couldn't <laughs> guard anybody in the league. But um I don't know. I mean, it's hard to explain. There are other reasons to explain why the Jazz improved so much, but I just know the stories I've heard about him and the way he talked at media day. And like I said, it's maybe it was something completely different, but uh, I still do think the Jazz could use. Uh, they definitely need another player. I think just for depth, but I think they might be able to look at at a veteran. And I, and I think it would be useful if that veteran were better than Derek Fisher was okay. at that time. So, so you, do you, do you think ahead. that? Do you think that that player has to be a guard, has to be a big man, has to be a wing? You know, it, does it matter where it comes from, or just that that they get one of those guys? Uh, I don't think it matters where it comes from. Um, I'm of the belief that personally, I believe Gordon Hayward needs one of two things: he either needs a spot up shooter next to him, or he needs someone who can take uh, the defensive assignments. That because um, right now, I just feel like Gordon Hayward can't continue at this path where he's having to create so much offense and also um, guard the other team's best wing. So I, I think I would, I would tend to think maybe a wing player, but, but I've, I've listed, uh, I thought of three when I wrote the article, uh, thought of another one or two cents and um, two of them are wings, but one of them's a big man. So I, I don't think it necessarily uh, matters position wise. All right. Well, let's hear those three. Cause you didn't have them in the article. So you're, you're leaving us, this is the big reveal. Yeah, so this is going to be, uh, I'll just tell you right now, probably pretty disappointing. I hope you're not expecting this. <laughs> the other yeah. thing to think about is I, I kind of want to tell them to you because you'll have to let me know if they sound completely crazy because the Jazz may not even have a chance of getting these players. But, um, you know, Luau Dang will be a free agent this this off season, And uh, he's someone I thought of that's just played a lot of games, uh, seems like a good team player. And I don't even know if the Jazz could outbid. Basically, the Jazz would have to overpay all these guys. Uh, to get them to to not go to another team. Uh, so Luel Deng, Tabo Cephalosha will have one more deal next year, but I just think he is just a he would be the the type of guy that's not a great offensive player, but such a great defender would have a lot of things I think that he would know, uh, and and that could show the team from his days with the Thunder and the Hawks, and probably has a close connection with Quinn Snyder to some degree. And then I had also thought of uh, Joakim Noah, um, and that that's. That one's kind of weird because, I mean, he may not come just because he might be able to find a starting job somewhere else, but I just think he is the type of guy that is 
a real leader and a good voice in the locker room uh, that can kind of rally people just with his charisma and positive attitude from everything I've observed and read about him. So, Zach, you've been around Luol Deng, certainly. Yes. Uh, what did you think about that suggestion? And I guess the other two, too. Teammates love him. I mean, I, I, you guys can't say enough about him as a person, as a, as a veteran voice, as a guy in the locker room. They really do love him. So I think if we're talking about this veteran presence that can really kind of pull guys maybe up to that next level, I think he fits really nicely there. I, to me, his value is always he's not going to be the defender he was in Chicago anymore. Mm-hmm. So can he supplement that with outside shooting? He's been pretty decent with it uh, with Miami for most part this year. 35% the last two seasons. Right. So, I mean, you know, that's league average just about. Um, if he can do that while providing some good defense and good leadership, yeah, I like that idea quite a bit. I also thought about what about, you know, kind of in the same same vein as, as uh, Luau Dang, maybe trading for a guy that's going to be a 2017 free agent because you're you're getting that guy, you know, maybe you can't sign a guy, and I agree with Clark, you have to overpay to go get those guys to come here. But what if you traded for a guy like uh, uh, Taj Gibson? You know, that same veteran voice, the tough guy, defender who can provide some depth. Uh, you know, maybe that's the type of move that kind of kind of fits in with what you guys are talking about. Yeah, I, I like that idea, Clark. Yeah, I, I mentioned Taj Gibson actually the last time that we spoke on this show as as a good a great trade target. Um, just because I think he's he's really versatile, he can play with both of the Jazz bigs. He's better. He's an upgrade over uh, Trevor Booker. Although Trevor Booker has played actually pretty well uh, the last several games, but yeah, I really like Taj Gibson. I, I like that idea, and so that that'd be similar with Cephalosha. He has another year, and and I think that's probably more realistic for the Jazz to be quite honest, because right. you know if they can trade for somebody, then you know that's probably more in their power than convincing people to come to Utah and free agency. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that's a little bit difficult. You, I, I think you can kind of sell this team to some free agents. I, I mean, I think if you you may have to overpay a little bit, but I think you can say, look, this is a team on the rise, especially at the point guard position where you can say, look, you're going to be a starter day one, 36 minutes a game, and that's, that's who you're going to be. That That's great. Uh, Dang's a little bit harder because you there's not a clear spot for him, right? You, know, right. you, you do have Rodney Hood and Gordon Hayward, but maybe someone's willing to take on that role. Uh, I, I like Ding a lot. I mean, he's got the 11th best RPM amongst small forwards this year. Has been uh, pretty. I, I I wouldn't say definitely efficient from um, offensively. I guess he's a 15 per guy, but quite frankly, that looks pretty good for Jazz Wings right now. Yeah, and um, like like I said, you could maybe Luol Ding. You might be able to sell on a, on a smaller role, but maybe even decreased minutes. He's still playing 32 minutes. But if you could say, I, I don't know, like, what what is Dang going to get on the market? The Jazz have the ability to pay, like, a huge amount of money, as most teams do. But if they can take what a player might make in the next three years and put that in the next two where they can afford to pay a player like that, they might be able to convince them to take, you know, a higher per year. I've thought about it a lot, but if you offered somebody, you know, a two-year $30 million deal, even if they thought they'd get a three-year $30 million deal, you know, that might be intriguing to them. The Jazz could certainly afford that the next two seasons. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. I mean, do you think that there's a point with a, a free agent coming to the Jazz in the next year or two where you would actually think, oh, my God, that's an overpay? Because I kind of feel like they're really – it's going to be hard to judge what a bad contract's going to be in the next two years because the money's going to be so insane and it's going to yeah. go to everybody and and everyone has to spend this money in some way. Do you do you feel like there could be a signing with the Jazz? Like let's say they gave Luol Deng four years, seventy five million dollars. 
sounds like a lot, right? But is it really yeah. that much with the with the jumps? Would you really have a that's problem a, with that? That's a problem for the Jazz just because they have they would have you know Rudy Gobert is going to be making a max contract sure. in three years, and if they hope to bring back Hayward, and favors will have to be repaid in three years. So I mean they're gonna they would have to choose basically if they if they paid well being that they would have to choose you know Rodney Hood or Gordon Hayward would would be gone essentially you know in the next two years but in the next two years they can basically give whatever they could give you know a two year max or, or do a LeBron sure. James type contract to almost anybody and it it wouldn't feel like too much probably. And, That's their problem. They have to decide. Eventually, they're going to have to decide who they want to pay and keep around. And these sort of veteran presences would be eligible for, like, the big max money, too. You know, like, Luol Deng yeah. has played in the NBA for 10 seasons, so he's getting 35% of the cap. That's $35 million. Uh, if you wanted to do a two-year max, that's two years, 70, which is so much money. <laughs> that sounds like a lot. It's, yeah, it's it's a ridiculous. But to Zach, Zach's point, I mean, it, you know, they, they there's people that get paid to think about this and and do this kind of stuff. And, and there is some amount of money that I'm sure they're willing to pay certain, certain people that would be, that would seem like a ton, but, but wouldn't be too much. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting point uh, to think about though, is, is what is the next step for this team? I mean, clearly they, they have a, a starting lineup or at least a group of four players that works really well together. And then it's kind of figuring out, okay, how do you add to that and to making that next step next year, especially to keep Gordon Hayward around as he'll be a free agent in the summer of 2017? Yeah, I mean, we have several lineups now. You basically take our four best players, Rodney Hood, Gordon Hayward, Favors, and Gobert, and put them with almost anybody, and those lineups are great. They've looked great with Sheldon Mack. They've looked great with uh, Raul Neto. And last year they looked really good with Dante Exum. And then to close games, we smaller sample size, but with Alec Burks in there, all of a sudden they look great. So um, the trick is finding out how to, you know, maintain those leads that, that they can build. But, I, but you've said this before, that's a good problem to have, you know, the starters being good and the bench being a problem. The Jazz are, I mean, they're so close. They just need that one guy or even just a couple decent guys with good chemistry to come in and give them a boost, and they could really, they could make a 10-game uh, jump next year, and I wouldn't be surprised, not at all. Yeah, I think that I think that's a good point. Do Especially you, with health, too. Yeah, with health, too. Do you think uh... – do you think that's possible they have too many guys in the core? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, I mean, it depends on – my core is probably those four guys with Dante Exum. I sure. mean, but, yeah, I mean, I, I just mentioned it. They're going to have to choose. Financially, they're going to still be forced to choose because even though the cap is going to go up, I mean, Gobert's going to make, you know, $27 million in his first year if he gets a max deal, and, and those max salaries are going to, you know, jump in proportion. You just – the Jazz are never going to be able to afford to pay, you know, more than two or three max guys. So they're going to have to choose who that is and and be really smart uh, on the on the fringes of their of their roster. Yeah, and that's where you kind of look at contracts like Alec Burks, maybe who's getting paid eleven million dollars in the last year of his contract, and say that might be too much for a a six man sort of luxury that we may not be able to keep by that point. Yeah, I mean, and we've talked about this, especially if if they sign Jared Dudley, I think he would be more valuable to the team. Uh, next year than than Burks right off the bat, and he would be much cheaper than that. You have to you have to find a bunch of guys that play uh, you know better than their contract is, and a lot of times that's through rookies. That uh, you know Rodney Hood's going to outplay his contract for several years, but that's another one I thought of. What about I mean this is crazy, but if you could convince I don't know why the Bucks would do this, but if you could lock in someone who had a longer term max contract from the last CBA, I'm thinking it's just to be like. 
a Chris Middleton and could pry him away, his contract would look fantastic the next, uh, you know, the next several years. Just, you know, things I've thought about. But the Jazz are going to have some definite interesting salary issues to I like, deal with coming up. I like that you're dreaming, too. <laughs> I like well, I, mean, I, don't, I just don't really, think there's really any good. way Chris there's Middleton. No the Bucks would give him up. But, right. You know, if you could upgrade, Rodney Hood's going to be more expensive than Chris Middleton probably in three years when That's his uh, rookie contract is done. Yeah, and so, yeah, I mean, these are kind of the tough questions, and, and they're good questions to have, but at a certain point, you you can have too many good players. Yeah, I and, definitely agree. And this is why this is why the idea from earlier in the show that you need to have a sponsor for missed free throws for every single quarter, that's going to help pay the luxury tax bill, <laughs> and that way you can afford more of these guys. But, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, whatever they need to do um, – you know, they need to get Vivint on the jerseys probably or some <laughs> other. I don't even know what big companies in Utah do it. But, you know, whatever they can do to pay this money, they need to pay the players. No, I don't know. I don't the, know. What about, what about the Adobe alley-oop? For every alley-oop oh. they throw, we, they get, I don't know, a million dollars or something like that. That's probably, a lot, that's probably excessive, <laughs> but something along those lines. <laughs> yeah, I, I do wonder sometimes. I can't even remember who sponsors the three-pointers, but I just wonder like how many times they're kind of like pulling their, their collar because they're like, oh, boy, the Jazz are actually shooting three-pointers this year. <laughs> so, I wonder at what point they're going to be like, you know, that was really fun how we did that for a while, but it was more fun when Jerry Spahn was coaching. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, may, we may need a Mountain American Credit Union bailout at some point because the Jazz are <laughs> yeah, shooting exactly. too many threes. Exactly. They're like, uh, there's too many threes. How about, how about 10 bucks a three and we'll call it a day? But, uh, it's... Yeah, never too many sponsors. <laughs> That's the key. No, I mean, to the Jazz credit, they've told me that they will pay anything up to the luxury tax moving forward. They've gotten that, those assurances from ownership. So that's it's not that the Jazz are being cheap. It's then once you get into the luxury tax, then you have these crazy extra bonus payments, and, and that's what's hard to, to get to unless, you know, you have every quarter sponsored and <laughs> all the other creative ideas we're thinking of. Anyway, Clark, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Uh, everyone can follow Clark at at Clark Pojo is your Twitter handle. And, of course, your writings on saltcityhoops.com. Did I miss anything? Uh, no, that sounds really good. Cool. All right. Well, thank you so much, Clark. Have a good one. Yeah, absolutely. You guys take care. That was Clark Clark Schmutz um, at Clark Pojo on Twitter, writer for Salt City Hoops, joining us on the line. Had a good article today about the Utah Jazz, kind of moving forward, maybe adding a veteran presence to the squad. Before we go into the break, I wanted to look at the the standings real quick okay. and kind of do a, an update on uh, where we stand as of this moment. And again, we're kind of in a interesting position in the Eastern Conference where we've got a clear top two of Cleveland and Toronto. Cleveland, with their win tonight, now goes two and a half games above Toronto. And then just a mush of teams from three to... 10, really, uh, that Pretty could much. all conceivably make the playoffs. I mean, you look at the Miami Heat at 39 and 28 is only five and a half games ahead of Chicago of the Chicago Bulls who are in the ninth seed at 33 and 33. Yeah, and that I mean, that's that's a big loss for Chicago tonight against Washington. It's a big loss for Detroit against Atlanta. Like, neither of those teams could make, any, make up any ground uh, with the other team losing. And Washington, just within range with that win, where they're a game and a half back. I mean, you, you really are getting to a point where it looked like the Celtics were kind of surging to that three seed, and now they've fallen back to five, and mm-hmm. they could, you know, in a week, they could be back to seven yeah, pretty, abs- you know, pretty easily. Absolutely. I mean, you look at the teams three through six in, in the Eastern Conference. Miami is and Miami's nine games behind the Cavs. 
Boston and Charlotte, or sorry, Atlanta and Boston are both nine and a half games back, and then Charlotte's ten games back. That's four teams within one game of each other. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. So, very muddled Eastern Conference, I think it's fair to say. Um, I'm shocked that Miami is where they are, given the way we've kind of talked about them early in the season. I mean, I, I know they, they've had some really kind of health problems plus continuity problems, I think. Big time, yeah. Uh, a but, huge move for them was moving Hassan Whiteside to the bench. Hmm. And now he's a super six man for them, and it's been a great role. They've brought Amari Stoudemire into the starting lineup, and it just works. I don't really know how it works in 2016, but it works. That's uh, Yeah, you would not think that that would work on paper. Mm-mm. Then meanwhile, in the Western Conference, Golden State and San Antonio, again, still your clear top two teams in the, in the West. Uh, Spurs are three and a half games back from the Warriors, which sounds a lot less than it is because the Warriors are not losing three and a half right. games for the rest <laughs> of the season. Even though the Spurs do play the Warriors three more times. Three more times. And the end of the Twice year. at home? By the way, we have less than a month left in the NBA regular season. Yeah. It's it's pretty crazy. In no time, we'll have 40, days, 40 games and 40 nights, as of, they say on TNT. Of the NBA playoffs. Yeah. That's right. Uh, Oklahoma City three one tonight against uh, the Boston Celtics one thirty to one oh nine. I thought Boston was better defensively than that. Uh, the Clippers. Boston's good if you don't have a superstar. Okay. And then when you have a superstar, they they, they kind of crumble. They give up one hundred thirty yeah. points. Uh, Los Angeles. The the Clippers are in fourth. They currently lead the Houston Rockets fifty six to thirty seven. Yo. So yikes. Uh, Memphis still fifth, still hanging in there despite having six players. Uh, <laughs> right. they do, and they're not six good players. No, yeah, but we'll talk about them more next segment. I've yeah. got that slated out, but uh, still, what they're doing is kind of crazy. Yeah, uh, six Portland Trailblazers, twenty-six uh, games behind the Golden State Warriors at thirty-five and thirty-three. Houston is thirty-four and thirty-three right now. Before they, hope, you know, probably lose this game. I keep jinxing it, but you know, they're down seventeen. This is the Clippers. This is the Clippers. They could and they collapse. Are, they are in Houston. We, are we in have Houston. seen this before. We've seen this play. And uh, Dallas did indeed lose tonight to the LeBron James free Cleveland Cavaliers. They are now exactly 534 and 34 with four incredibly difficult games coming up. And the Jazz just one game behind them in the loss column, which is the important part of that one and a half games back. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, one and a half games back. Uh, Jazz have won three in a row now. Meanwhile, the Dallas Mavericks lost their last one. They're four of their last six. I guess the Jazz are four of their last six, but they had lost seven. In, was it six in a row before that? Something like that, yeah. So six of their last seven plus four difficult games against Blazers and, and Warriors coming up. Blazers and Warriors coming up, and the Jazz have the have the Suns, who can be plucky. Yeah, and then we have a tank battle, by the way, uh, sure. this weekend between the Suns and the Lakers. So. Huge tank battle. <laughs> anyway... That's kind of your update of the playoff picture. It's look like in the, the movie Eastern... Fury. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a big tank battle. <laughs> Lovely. There's yeah. if you you've seen Tankathon.com, right? Yeah, that's one of my favorite sites. You got to go Those there. Tankathon.com, by the way, just has it's the standings, but in reverse order, so right. you can know who's tanking the There's best. There's glory to having those odds. They update the odds on who has the best chance at a top three pick or the number one overall pick. You can follow them on Twitter at Tankathon. They're great. Yeah. Brilliant. Go check it out. Tankathon.com. Anyway, we gave you the, the, if you, we gave you the top of the standings. If you want to know the bottom, go to Tankathon. And just so you know, the Lakers are only 47 games behind the Golden State Warriors right now. Oh. So there you go. 47. (laughs) We're in March. That's so many games. All right. Let's take a break. On the other side, we're going to do Around the NBA next on the Salt City Hoop Show, ESPN 700. 
You're listening to Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. All right, welcome into the Salt City Hoops show. We're going around the NBA. Currently on ESPN right now, the Clippers lead the Houston Rockets 64-45. to Showing off more of that tremendous defense the Houston Rockets are. Uh, James, <laughs> Harden did, in the second James Harden had, the a, second quarter, had a moment already where inbounds pass from the corner. Okay. He's on the opposite end of the floor for defense in terms like opposite half. Same side of the ball. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just kind of stood there while Wes Johnson ran along the baseline, got under the hoop, and uh, got a layup. What what is up with James Harden? Like, I get it. Like I get pretty tired out there, so I you know I'll fall asleep <laughs> on defense all the time. I all, get it. All the other players don't though. It seems pretty rare that it would happen <laughs> so often. I, like it's it's it is kind of usually just him. I don't know. Yeah. It's weird. I I I worry about him sometimes. Sure. I especially kind of like the off the court stuff where he doesn't seem all the time there. You know. I don't know. Uh right yeah if you I've never actually interviewed him in person so I don't I don't know he's fine like he's not you know he's not throwing amazing quotes at you but he's not totally cliched either okay. um but he I don't like you hear things okay we'll There's... leave it at that sure <laughs> <laughs> let's go around the NBA with a bunch of news and notes from the National Basketball Association first um Kawhi Leonard had an article the great profile on him by Lee Jenkins yeah. in Sports Illustrated. So good. Couple of fun notes. First of all, he still occasionally drives his '97 Chevy Tahoe, nicknamed um, the Gas Guzzler, <laughs> for obvious reasons. Right. It says it still runs and it's paid off. Right. Might as well drive it. And which... By the way, he signed a ninety-four million dollar contract this summer. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what makes this next part even great. Is that he also sponsored by Wingstop, and so they they send him coupons for free wings. But he lost him at some point last year and had to call him and be like, hey, will you send me more free wings coupons? There was a bit of a you panic. You conceivably pay for them. Right. There was a bit of a panic, and, and, and they sent him, and he uses them on the mango habanera. I like that Wingstop sent the coupons in the first place. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> well, how many people do they sponsor? Like, I know, I know Rick Ross owns a bunch of Wingstops. Huh. I didn't know that. Or maybe so. he owns a couple. He owns at least one. Okay. <laughs> No, that's, that's uh, no matter really how many, it's it's still a fun fact. Yeah. So like I don't know, maybe he's their other their other main athlete. I've never seen a Wingstop promotion. No, neither have I. Yeah. But anyway, uh, the Nets played the Sixers this week, and Nets were Nets were winning, but Philly got their revenge. The Philly fans, clever classic Philly fan, says we got draft picks. They chanted, "We got draft picks," which, of course, the Nets don't. For the next right, four the Nets, seasons. the Nets don't. Which, good luck with that, Sean Marks and Trajan Langdon, who are their GM assistant right. GM now. Um, and it, it, this also was like a Sixers fan group that bust in from Philadelphia to Brooklyn for the game with, and I believe there's a hashtag, uh, "Bust the process," a playoff <laughs> of trust the process, which is kind of brilliant. Yeah, I I love Sixers fans at this point. Yeah, they're still around and they're what like, can, I mean, what can they do? Like they can't do it, right? Yeah, they just they can just love their team and love what they have and, and just hope that Joel Embiid can walk someday. Yeah, that's exactly. really all it is. There there are videos of him on the internet doing things. I don't know how much I believe those videos. There's but. a there's a story in uh, Jonathan Abrams' fantastic new book, by the way, Boys Among Men, uh, just so good. But there's a story in there. Of uh of Joel Embiid when he was first kind of in the league, he would order something from different restaurants once he realized like you get food delivered. 
Okay. So it would be like like order an appetizer from one restaurant, an entree from another for a, the same meal. A drink from yeah, to, until he had a completed meal. <laughs> so that so the Sixers rebuild is going really well. Him and Kawhi should talk. Yeah, they really should. <laughs> <laughs> Kawhi would be so offended. Just right. like, what? It's uh, do you get coupons Wait, for all these you're places? You're paying for this full price. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jonathan Giveney of Draft Express uh, says that Ben Simmons isn't the top prospect in the 2016 NBA draft, which I think is interesting. It's kind of been a a almost a foregone conclusion that he'll be the number one prospect, but it doesn't seem like that. There's certainly debate in NBA front office circles about who will be number one. Uh, by the way, Ben Simmons also signed with Clutch Sports, will be represented by Rich Paul. Uh, that's LeBron's agency, by the way, LeBron-funded right. agency. They hired his sister? I believe I Clutch saw did? in a yeah in an article uh, by Adrian Wojnarowski about uh, like they hired her like a year or two ago. Wow, which seems kind of like cheating. It does to me. That seems like some kind of tampering or some kind of against the rule. I also think we're going crazy about this Ben Simmons stuff. In terms of too much hype for Ben Simmons, no, and it, too much scorn at the moment. Now that okay. the season has ended and they he d- didn't want to play in the NIT, so then the team declined. Um, which I don't know why they couldn't just not let him play, and then the rest of the guys get to play. I don't get well, why that's he is kind of their team. Sure, but I I don't I think we're going overboard with this this criticism right now because we didn't get the season we wanted from him. We didn't get that Carmelo Anthony lead a team to an NCAA championship right. moment, and I think we're while I do think there are holes in his game, and maybe the attitude is a problem. Uh, his game's much more suited for the NBA than it is for college basketball. Yeah, so he's going to be fine. Yeah, I, no, I completely agree with that. I want to see him and Dante Exum on the same team. And Joe Ingles, is that not too much? Sure, no, I think that's a lock. <laughs> I, they're Australians. They should be together. Right, that's how it works. That's, I, I think that's reasonable. Uh, Ramona Shelburne wrote the, another good article. Basically, just read all these people that we mentioned. Sure. All the time. <laughs> yeah. uh, read good Jonathan writers. Abrams, yeah, Lee Jenkins, Ramona Shelburne. Wrote an article about Phil Jackson, who feels, quote-unquote, increased urgency to fix the Knicks. Uh, including this idea that Phil Jackson might coach the team for home games only next season while Kurt Rambis uh, would handle the road games. Now, Carmelo Anthony said that that wouldn't fly. Right. It wouldn't. And it, Right. Like, I, I get the idea of wanting Kurt Rambis to coach fewer games. Yes. <laughs> That's, that I'm on board with. I get that. And but, I get wanting Phil Jackson to coach more games. Sure. Because uh, I think he's shown he's a better NBA coach than probably an NBA GM. Yeah, I, I think so. Although he inherited a mess, so... I think we yeah, need to no, give him a little, and he fair. wanted to tank the first year, so I think we we need to give him a little bit of a of a leash there. But he floated this idea with the Lakers years ago mm-hmm. of just coaching home games, and and Dr. Jerry Buss, I believe, said no. Right. And, and this is, is just reasonable. never it's never going to happen. And some people have looked to like, oh, well, look at the the Luke Walton, Steve Kerr situation. You know, it could be somewhat like that as long as it's the same voice. I I think that's a very rare situation. Yeah. In which it would work. I think most situations it would be a disaster. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, you, you it, have to have that positive reinforcement of yeah. winning all the time. And by the way, in three weeks, we're going to have John Calipari may make a move back to the NBA rumors. Those are also crap. That's <laughs> never going to happen. Okay. Thank you. He's not a good – he, he was a bad NBA I think, coach. Yeah, I think he's he a knows bad it, NBA coach. And he's a great college ambassador. Can he get as much money in college as he can in the NBA? I don't know, but he's getting a lot. Yeah. He makes quite a – he makes more than we do. That, I feel confident in saying that. Yes, he, he does. <laughs> wow, if you guys saw our salaries. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> and you and I are definitely pulling in seven figures. Oh, definitely. Right. I mean, we, are, we are legends. Someone asked me for my photo today. I saw that. 
That was I'm a famous person. And Aaron Falk took the photo. Yeah, he, they, the guy didn't know who Aaron was, which I think is <laughs> okay. hilarious. That's but he great. Knew who I was? All right. Did you get compared to Kyrie Irving in some way? Well, he has gotten photos with the full list: Kyrie Irving, uh-huh. Jabari Parker, sure, Andy Larson, right. <laughs> so, I mean, that's the big three I would form if I was going to make an NBA team. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> DeMarcus Cousins declared on Sunday, so he was uh, suspended this weekend for his altercation with George Carl, in particular, just screaming at him. And George Carl suspended him, and DeMarcus Cousins said it wasn't the team that suspended him, it was, in particular, George Carl, which, I don't know, kind of makes sense to me that he's the guy who screamed at you and he's your coach. He he probably has that right. Vladi Vladi backs DeMarcus in many cases, but Mm -hmm. it did say, like, all right, well, we had to set an example here. Like, you can't just do this. And, you know, it doesn't matter. George Carl is going to be fired. They'll go on to the next coach. That's not going to work. DeMarcus Cousins will demand a trade. He'll get traded. It'll probably work in the next place. Kings will be destroyed. But you think he gets another coach? Yeah, they can't bring George Carl back for another year. No, I, I completely agree. Yeah. But they, but he doesn't get moved this offseason, I guess is what I'm saying. Well, I think that would kind of be the smart thing. Like, how okay. much credit can you build up with him in the next two years to get him to want to stay? Uh-huh. Um. I mean, based on what they've done so far, I can't imagine that's no. that's likely. So but I, you, you are opening a new stadium, right? That's the tricky part. So maybe maybe it's a deadline thing next season where you it's kind of that Darren Williams you have a year and a half hmm. before free yeah. agency hits and you and you move them, okay? And you get a bunch in return. Uh, the Grizzlies have a really crazy injury s- situation right now. I mean, kind of nearly unprecedented. I mean, so look at this Minnesota Timberwolves versus Memphis Grizzlies tonight. Here was the Grizzlies starting five. And uh, tell me how many of these players you've you've heard of. Briante Weber, Tony Allen, uh, Matt Barnes at small forward, Jamichael Green at power forward, and Ryan Hollins at center. I mean, that's not an NBA lineup. It's not a lineup. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, okay, we've both heard of all those players because right. we're nerds and terrible people. But I haven't heard of... How about it... you? How many of those players have you heard? Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. <laughs> Tony Allen. I wasn't paying attention. Tony oh, Allen. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So Matt Barnes, Tony Allen. They legitimately have played a guy for five minutes I've never heard of, though. Alex Stefferson. I'm a pretty big basketball nerd. Never heard of that guy. Then there's Darrell Martin, played 24 minutes. Lance Stevenson is still coming off the bench. Sure. <laughs> which played 36 and scored 24 points tonight. Ray McCallum just recently picked up, played. I mean, it's it's a nightmare. They signed somebody named Xavier Munford. Yeah. Uh, which who I had never heard of. Right, I've also now. never heard of that guy. But he he was a DNP CD tonight. Sure, so I presume he was in uniform. Is is what that means? Anyway, it's ugly for the Grizzlies right now, and yet they're not doing. They only lost by six to the Minnesota Timberwolves, who right. are a real NBA team. Technically, <laughs> Te- uh, yeah, they'll be They've a real a team in three years. <laughs> Fair. Uh, they have a mascot who lost in the bracket. <laughs> yeah, made it the second round though. Uh, Peter Holt, longtime chairman and CEO of the Spurs, is retiring. His wife, uh, Juliana, is taking over and has been appointed as CEO and chairwoman. I think that's a little bit interesting. I don't know that we've seen that exact uh, right. I guess what, what, promotion before. I maybe guess. the closest thing would be Jeannie Buss taking over for her dad. Yeah. But Did she take over before he got ill? That's sort of a... I like the, the downward give it to your sons and daughters yeah, thing I guess that's is, a, is that's a more a, traditional... Right hierarchy you know we saw that here with jazz a little bit right sure. larry miller dies greg miller becomes chairman and, and ceo of the of the company um but to make your wife is is a, is a new one i guess we've seen it here with the jazz with larry miller and gail miller shelly sterling ended up selling the team 
Fair. For the Clippers. And then they got divorced and then canceled their divorce. Right. Now they're back on. (laughs) Those crazy kids in love. (laughs) I'm sure this wasn't the plan the whole time at all. Right. No, I'm sure that that just that just happened by by accident. Uh, the, The Clippers. All right. Well, what an amazing organization. <laughs> it's weird because they're good on the floor. I mean, they're winning by 22. Somehow this game is still not in the halftime, by the way. They've done a lot of hack <laughs> with DeAndre Jordan and Dwight Howard Always out there fun. on the floor. But regardless, it uh, looks like it's mercifully going into halftime. And th- they have a good product on the floor, but somehow still in the front office, there's so much turmoil, even n- new owner and everything. They can't even get the mascot right. <laughs> they certainly can't get the no. mascot right. Anyway, Chuck the Condor's got to go. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I agree. Needs that needs to be a change. Yeah. Anyway, if he wants to be our mascot bracket next if year, if you want to win, chance, right? You yeah, you're not winning. Unless this is you're a gonna... prestigious conference. We need to have an actual award and trophy and stuff. Right, or some kind of like battle royale. Yeah. With with everybody, all the mascots in there fighting. Yeah, I mean, they we all come this. for the Jazz Bears' birthday. Let's just cage match it. Cage match, big time. Love it. All right. We got to take break on the next segment. We're going to talk about the Jazz's upcoming schedule, uh, playing the Phoenix Suns, and then going on a five-game road trip. We'll kind of preview that trip next on the Salsa Hoop Show, ESPN 700. You're listening to Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. All right, that's Curtis Blow, basketball. Everybody's favorite basketball-themed Curtis Blow song. He likes the way they dribble up and down the court. Yeah. Just anybody? Because there are certain guys I don't want to watch dribble. Like Ke- Kevin Martin, I would never want to watch dribble again. Okay. No, I, I thought you were going to say some big man, but... No, I want to I want to see yeah. big men dribble a lot. Uh, but, okay, I, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Okay, so Kevin Martin, no more dribbling for so, you. So, yeah, as long as Curtis Blow is not talking about Kevin Martin. I really do like Neil Walk's idea, um, who's the center from the 70s idea, that, like, what if we just didn't keep scoring basketball games and instead treated it like we treat ballet, this, mm. like, beautiful symphony of athletic motion, and just enjoy it for its own on its own merits rather than care so much about the score. So the Globetrotters? Except the globe, yeah. I mean, they keep score, but they don't really keep score. That's true. But uh, yeah, okay, <laughs> fine. So the globe trotters. Glo- I love the globe trotters. Yeah, but it, it just makes me sad that it's already done. You know, right? Like, and it's we we already know what that it looks like. Sure. Well, maybe like the that old Nike commercial, um, with the dribbling, the s- squeaking shoes, oh, yeah. the freestyle. Okay. That's kind of. That's kind of that idea. Yeah, that's yeah, similar. It's interpretive dance, essentially. Basketball definitely has like this this sense of style much more than other sports do, right? Like in right. football, there's no sense of style other than from anyone other than like Cam Newton, uh, right? Of individuality, I guess. Right, like every once in a while, you get a running back who's got a, a unique style to yeah, how they run, but sure. that's that's about it. Yeah. Uh, baseball in the field a little bit, but not and you know hitting 
Sure, like certain wind-ups, like I guess yeah. if you want to count like batting stance and different swings and stuff, you can kind of parse that out a little bit. But yeah, for the and most part. And I think not having helmets really helps the NBA too. Just Certainly. in terms of yeah. player identification. They and, should and definitely not add helmets. That, sort of stuff. that no. would be a disaster. Yeah. don't. <laughs> that's not on the table. But <laughs> right. don't, I know you don't can sell it. ads on the helmet, but don't do it. <laughs> all right. Let's look at the Jazz's schedule coming up. Um, and it's kind of an interesting one. First of all, they play Phoenix at home tomorrow at Vivint Smart Home Arena. Uh, 7 o'clock game, and then go on this five-game road trip where they play at Chicago, at Milwaukee, at Houston, at Oklahoma City, and then at Minnesota. Now, there are some winnable games in that trip, and there are some, I guess, losable games, too, with sure. at Oklahoma City. Um, big ones at Houston, depending on how Chicago is right now. Uh, first of all, versus Phoenix, we've seen the Jazz kind of overlook this game in the past with the Brooklyn Nets performance. Sure. Uh, this time, this time I, I mean, talking to the players today at practice and, and Quinn Snyder, it seems like they're really determined not to do that this time. Well, I guess a lot of what comes into play with this Phoenix game and then the road trip is how healthy will Gordon Hayward be? Right. No, that that's very true. And, and I mean, I'll, I'll give you my sense is that Gordon Hayward really is a, probably a 50, 50 proposition for tomorrow. Yeah. I think the jazz will be favored either way. Probably moving um, forward too, right? At least with this road trip, I would say more likely then not he will play yeah. this road trip. I mean, I, I really think that he will be, I, I think it's like 90-10 that he plays against Chicago. Like, it, yeah. he, he's really kind of on the verge of, of playing or not playing. Yeah, I mean, this Phoenix game should be a win, although we've said we've gone through the schedule before in the past and been like, hey, this should be a win or this should be a loss, and, it, and it's kind of all over the place because right. that's just the NBA. The Phoenix game should be a win. Either Chicago or Milwaukee should be a win. You know, one of those games is going to be tough because it's a back-to-back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the Timberwolves should certainly be a win for the for the jazz they really there's no there's no reason not to go three and three in these next six games yeah i agree that's that's kind of the, that should be the baseline right that, that should be the baseline and, and you hope for four and two probably wins if against you can win against houston that's huge just for exactly the standings alone right? yeah if, i mean if you can win against either Ch- kind of chicago and houston are probably the the iffy ones there that right. you may be able to sneak out a win yeah milwaukee's playing playing a little bit better and Giannis okay. has been a monster but yeah they're still Good milwaukee point. they're still can't defend anybody uh okc may be interesting because this team is not as you know not as great as they were when the jazz faced them in the early parts of the season so maybe this fourth quarter thing that they've been such a disaster the last you know three weeks or so maybe that comes back to bite them against the jazz that's true and then i look at their 130 point performance tonight against the boston celtics and, and i would play different than the than the celtics did that would be my strategy you would not give up 130 points i don't think it's a good idea <laughs> i'm not a basketball coach but i don't think it's a good idea you were a basketball coach i I'm was sure and we never gave up 130 that's that's good defense my <laughs> friend that's well done all right, that's our show for today. Uh, this is Salt City Hoops show. Check us out on ESPN. Uh, sorry, on saltcityhoops.com. We are the ESPN Troop affiliate for the Utah Jazz. If you missed any of the show, check it out as a podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or saltcityhoops.com. Andy Larson, Zach Harper signing out for Salt City Hoops, ESPN 700.